0: Last Thursday, I recorded a extended interview, an extended interview, I should say, with Fiona Boyes. Uh, It was very late here in Bern, very early in the morning in New South Wales, and I got to meet Fiona wonderfully this summer. At the Edmonton Blues Festival, one of the premier blues festivals uh, in North America, maybe in the world uh, for that matter, uh, the festival director is Cam Hayden, and he puts together a wonderful uh, lineup every year, and I'm very pleased that, uh, that I was able to go back there after missing 2020-2021 uh, as the festivals dropped out due to the uh, the pandemic. Anyway, we're going to hear now a song from Fiona Boy's most recent C, uh, CD. It's called "Voodoo in the Shadows," and the track we're going to hear is is called "Party at Reds." And then we're going to go right into the interview, and Fiona will explain what that song is about. And I want to give a big shout out as the Zeppelin is hovering on top of uh, of top of New South Wales. I want to give a shout out to all our listeners in australia tonight so here is the uh interview the wonderful interview with fiona boyce
1: Something
0: You know, it's a real thrill for me to introduce our next guest here on the Blue Zeppelin. Flying with me all the way from Bega in New South Wales, south of Sydney, Australia, is the wonderful blues and roots performer Fiona Boys. Good morning, Fiona. Good morning. How are you doing? Hey, it's a pleasure to uh, speak to you again. We met in uh, in Edmonton this summer at the wonderful Edmonton Blues Festival, and you performed beautifully there. And I'm so thrilled to have you flying with me on the Blue Zeppelin.
2: It's a delight to be back with you.
0: Yeah, we opened up this interview with a a track from your most recent uh, record, Voodoo in the Shadows, a 2018 release on Blue Empress Records. And the track is called Party at Reds, and I know there's a story behind this.
2: It sure is.
0: It is actually
2: about a real juke joint. It's about Red Red's Lounge in Clarksdale, Mississippi, a really iconic juke joint. And, of course, it, it's uh, run by uh, proprietor Red Payton, who's been a juke runner for ever, <laughs> And he's really a, such a character. And, and I i of course had i'm a, a peter fender when it comes to visiting clarksdale because it's, it's such a a place that is so rich in blues history and you get a real sense of of, of the music and the tradition there so i i'd been several times to reds and i, I ended up writing this song and it, some of the lyrics are based on some of red Payton's catchphrases you know yes so that you know back by the river in front of by the grave which is true, the club is opposite um, a cemetery and the Sunflower River runs out the back. So I, I had written this song and I wanted very much um, to send it to Reds because I wanted him to like the song and hear it before I recorded it. Um, and that was impossible, but when on my next visit, I went straight to the club and said, oh, I've written a song. So he made me get up immediately. <laughs> he made, he threw someone off the bandstand at the, at the club and got me to play the song. And, um, and I was really relieved and thrilled that he, he loved the song. And I know that because he motioned me over after I played it and reached under his chair and got out his own jug of moonshine and offered me a taste.
0: Oh, that's a, that's a wonderful, uh, <laughs> Uh, accolade, I suppose one could say. I wanted to ask you, you've been playing in the United States and Canada quite a bit and was it the the trip to Memphis in 2003 when you won the IBCs that really sort of uh, kick-started your your world travelling?
2: Definitely. That really did change everything and you know that was also my first trip to, to America. So I... You know, I'd I'd done that typical young Australian thing where I had gone backpacking, you know, uh, early in, in my life, but I'd never been to America. And in the meantime, I had be- I became a musician, a blues musician, kind of a little bit later in my late twenties. And and by the time I I really wanted to go and do a blues pilgrimage, um, I was a musician by then, so I was broke. <laughs> but my local blues Society sponsored me and bought me a ticket to go to Memphis to uh, represent them at the IBC. And so it was so magical because there I was on Beale Street um, playing my own tunes and, and thinking, you know, this is the place where all my heroes would have played back in the day. Um, so it was very exciting and I, I really had no... Um, I wasn't really thinking about the outcome of the competition. I was just thrilled to be there. So when I ended up winning, it it opened a lot of doors for me. It really did. And that was the beginning of being able to, to you know, go back and uh, and build on that success and meet people and tour. And, yeah, it was an incredible
0: experience. I wanted to ask you, Fiona, you have not only a traditional blues sound. You also have a very rootsy blues sound. Uh, you incorporate the cigar box guitar quite a bit. Um, how did you get involved into that end of the blues? The cigar
2: boxes are, are relatively recent. Well, probably the last eight eight years or so. Um, before that, I didn't even really play slide much. But I, I'd seen cigar box instruments, and and at the time I just thought, I'm a guitarist. What am I going to do with these things? Because you know the most traditional uh, iteration of the cigar box is often you know three strings on a you know an unfrettable uh, neck, and so it's a very different way of of, um, of seeing things, and very different way of playing. It's almost like the simplicity of the instruments is part of the joy of them uh, because as a guitarist, you'll find that there's certain um, phrases that will fall under under your fingers uh, and, and every guitarist gets into certain habits. But with a cigar box, it's like all the rules get thrown away and you just have to start again from a, a very sort of um, elementary, wonderful elementary sort of place but I would say that I, I've always been attracted to the roots end of the genre. You know, I started out as an acoustic country blues finger picker, very much, um, you know, influenced by, by people like Tommy Johnson and um, Reverend Gary Davis and um, Mississippi John Hurt, those, Tommy Johnson, those kind of players. And I'm still, you know, a finger picker on electric instruments as well. The first blues I ever heard was that very early stuff, and the roots of the music has is, is always um, appealed to me the most.
0: Yeah, I was down in Melbourne in 2014, and I was really uh, overwhelmed by the number of great blues artists that are in the Victoria area. Well, I'm so glad that you
2: you had that great experience because I am a Melbourne girl, you know, born and bred, and you know, so coming up in that uh, music scene, it's it's always been a great town for live music, and uh, and yeah, there's there's some great uh, there's some great players.
0: Yeah, let's hear another track from Voodoo in the Shadows. This one's called Call Their Name. Whose name are we calling? well I guess there's it's not unusual
2: for uh, blues musicians to to write songs with lists of you know famous names but this this song is actually a tribute to to people um that have that I've met or played with or were mentors that had passed and I just was thinking you know when I play, I, I feel those influences, and, and I wanted to respectfully acknowledge those those people. Um, I the only person who I didn't who is named in the song who I didn't get to meet was Memphis Minnie, of course. Um, I was well out of time to see her, but but the other people that I'm mentioning, people like Pine Top Perkins, Hubert Sumlin. Um, in Australia, in Melbourne in particular, our own godfather of the blues is a guy called Dutch Tildes. Um These are players that, you know, I I felt, you know, really that they were so um, important to my, my development as a player and, you know, I love them and I miss them. And, um, yeah, and that idea that if you... If you if you call someone's name, you know they're not gone. The music lives on, and their names live on. And I always think of blues as being um, a tradition. So you know it is it is a when you're writing and playing music that comes out of tradition. It's like the baton is passed to each generation, and and I I feel that you know I, I'd love to be considered part of that um, of that uh, traditional thread, I guess.
1: Willie A- 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 really Big Eye Smith is there James Garland, too
0: the wonderfully talented Fiona Boys. She's joining me from New South Wales in Australia. And Fiona, in 2015, you put out another record called Box and Dice. And this title I found to be a mystery. Uh, Why don't you tell me, uh, solve that mystery for me?
2: (laughs) Well, it's quite literal. It actually is my nickname for my first ever cigar box. And uh, it's a it's a beautiful uh, six-string cigar box. I found it on the wall of a hotel in a little uh, old gold mining town in Victoria, Australia, called Yakindanda. And it was hanging on the wall. And I'd always been intrigued by cigar boxes, but I'd never felt sort of drawn to try and play one. But this one... was a six stringer it looked a bit more like a regular guitar but on a beautiful cigar box a very a very pretty cigar box and the um, volume and tone knobs on it are actually bright green plastic dice and uh, so I nicknamed it the box and dice I got it off the wall at the hotel and played it went went and bought it Um, the next morning I tracked down the guy who built it and, uh, and bought it and that was really the beginning of my cigar box journey and uh, I was still learning kind of how to drive it <laughs> when um, and I was just about to go on tour in Germany and uh, I said to my European rhythm section I said now I've got this instrument and I, I'm not really quite sure what I'm doing on it yet but I'm going to to bring it on this tour and I'm going to play it at every gig so just Warning you, <laughs> and um, and it was it was a great tour, and you know everybody. It was very successful. I, I sold a lot of CDs, but almost everybody said, "Which album has got that cigar box guitar on it?" And I, I went, "Okay, I, I have to go home to Australia and start writing a bunch of songs and make an album featuring the cigar box and doing that sort of stuff." So it was. That's exactly what I did.
0: Yeah, I picked a couple tracks off of this wonderful record. The first one is called "Smokestack Lightning."
2: Well, this is actually um, uh, interesting because, of course, it's—I don't play this on, on the cigar box. I'm playing this on my my trusty Master Sound electric guitar. But it is a, a signature tune from Howling Wolf, and I. Added this to my repertoire when I was uh, toured with, with Hubert Sumlin, who was, of course, um, Wolf's longtime guitarist. And, you know, I'd come from um, a background of originally playing acoustic finger picking blues, and then I'd I- expanded into electric guitar playing, and I'd played a lot of New Orleans and swing style blues. I'd always I felt that perhaps, as a a woman particularly, (laughs) that that really muscular Chicago blues of Muddy Waters and and Howling Wolf was, you know, I wondered whether I would have enough kind of oomph to really tackle that sort of material. But having this wonderful opportunity, not only to meet Hubert, who is a complete hero, of mine, not only meet him but play with him. Uh, I put together a band in Australia for him to to play with my band, and I actually hired um, a great friend, also another mentor, an Australian guy called Chris Wilson, who was a big bear of a guy with who played harmonica. And I thought, well, Chris could do the Howling Wolf songs, but at one of the sound checks. I sang a little bit of Smokesack Lightning and Hubert stopped and he pointed at me and he said, you need to sing this song. And his encouragement just really um, pushed me to add that song to my repertoire, do my own version of it, which is, you know, a lot of people have commented that it's, you know, not really ever covered by women. Um, and he was just not only a wonderful guitarist, but such a beautiful gentleman, such a lovely man. And... Um, Yes, incredibly encouraging, and that's how that song has ended up in my repertoire.
0: You know, it's funny you mentioned Chris Wilson. While I never met him, I am a good friends with Michael Pollitt from Melbourne, Mr. Black and Blues, and he recorded a live album with Chris Wilson on a blues mm. train outside of Melbourne.
2: Oh, yes, I know exactly where that where that where that is, yes. I've played on the blues train too. It's a, It's a funky gig. And and Chris was just you know again uh, a, an incredible mentor to a lot of people in the blues scene. Sadly, he passed a, a couple of years ago, um, and it's an incredible loss to the to the um, the blues scene here in Australia. He was a really fine player, a great guy, and, um, and a really interesting songwriter too. His his um, his wife and his Two sons carry on the family tradition. They're all very fine musicians also and they they continue to perform
0: That's wonderful. Let's hear fiona boy's interpretation now of howlin wolf's smokestack lightning fiona boys here on the blue zeppelin and you know fiona i was looking at your website today and i was amazed there's a whole section of your artwork which is a completely <laughs> different you know side of 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 who you are and what you do but it's, it clearly demonstrates that your creativity uh show expresses itself in many different directions
2: Yes, I must admit that in recent years I've been really enjoying exploring art. And I think, again, that was um, really sparked uh, by a lot of visits to, to places like Clarksdale and, you know, a lot of um, Mississippi, in Mississippi and Louisiana and those kind of places. There's a lot of musicians who are artists and artists who are musicians. So, you know, I'm thinking particularly in Clarksdale, people like Stan Street of Hambone Gallery and Super Chicken who, who makes, you know, these wonderfully um, decorated cigar boxes with his art, you know. So so the idea that this um, Southern American folk art and music kind of goes together, it was a really um Fun thing. So it started off with just kind of, you know, having wonderful time, sort of nailing, you know, bottle caps to bits of wood and 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 painting and things. But it's really expanded, and I've been really enjoying it. It's it's um yeah, it's just it's just another way of expressing
0: creativity, I guess. I guess during the pandemic, you had quite a bit of time. To invest in your artwork?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, the, all the lockdowns that we had, in particular, they were quite um, stringent in Australia, too. I couldn't, you know, they had state borders closed. And, you know, so um, I was living in Yamba at the time. And although, it was it was a beautiful place to be locked down. I was by the sea and it was nice. But you know, my my side of the family, and my mother, my band members are all in Melbourne. So um, I guess you know there was a, a an opportunity over that time to um, to explore some writing. I did some writing, um, some sort of virtual jams. Um, Using technology with with my drummer Mark in Melbourne, and I did artwork. I started creating little videos and live streams. Started a YouTube channel. You know, it was it was. Um, I think I think for musicians, it, you know, if you are if you are really uh, committed and and invested in being a musician, it's one of those things that you have to be slightly crazy. So it's vocational. You feel like you have to do it, Um, you know, because it's it's a crazy way to try and make a living. And I think uh, for a lot of musicians, you know, people we all just tried, you know, to reach audiences and stay creative and do our thing, even though we couldn't get out and play.
0: Yeah, in fact, I've mentioned this on many episodes of the Blue Zeppelin, that I know this was a very difficult time for musicians, but I also think that having this time... To sort of quiet down, have some quiet time, led to some of the best music being released in the last two and a half years, and a lot of it.
2: Yeah, yeah, I, I think it's 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 a it's a strange space because it it is. Um, I think it has been difficult. And I think for some musicians, it's been hard to get. It was hard to stop, and then hard to get going again. Um, and I think you know, I certainly had a moment where I suddenly thought, gee, I've really been. You know, burning the candle at both ends. So you know, I think that I think there was there was some upsides at, at, amongst all the the craziness.
0: Yeah, and me um, being able to continue hosting the Blue Zeppelin during that time, during lockdown, uh, really helped keep my sanity and keep me focused.
2: Look, I think I think that um, things like the the online platforms and radio are hugely important, and I think that particularly. Um, radio in the blues scene is is really, really important because when you're listening to to a, a, a radio presenter such as yourself, you're listening to someone who's passionate about music, who's curating lists of songs and, and presenting music. This is so important, not only for the listeners but for the musicians because blues is wonderful music but it's not mainstream music so you know we rely on people like you to to get the music out there to into the ears of the people and um i, I think you know radio has an, a really important role i appreciate
0: i like. really appreciate you saying that and i, I want to um um clarify also by saying I want to give a shout out to all the other uh, blues radio hosts on community radio, because I think community radio is really taking the lead uh, around the world in providing uh, good quality programming for blues.
2: Yeah, definitely. I'm really lucky here in Australia that there is um, a really good network of community radio uh, broadcasters in the blues scene and they actually created the Australian Blues and Roots airplay chart so so now for you know both Australian and international blues artists you know they actually have a charting system and they compile all those statistics and they get the music out there which serves to, to really put a spotlight on the music which is Again, that's got to be a good thing. It's great.
0: So I want to give a shout-out to somebody you probably know, Max Crawdaddy at 3R Radio in Melbourne. Oh,
2: he's a mate. He's a long-time mate, and he's he's been presenting uh, uh, Roots & Blues Radio for a long time. Yes, he's fantastic.
0: Yeah, I hope he gets to hear this. I want to ask you now about another track on Box & Dice, a beautiful song called Black Mountain Blues. And I also did some research. The, the main reference to Black Mountain is uh, is a, a mountain in North Carolina, but I found out that, in fact, there is a Black Mountain very close to Canberra in Australia. So I have to ask you, which Black Mountain was in your mind when you wrote the song?
2: <laughs> oh, your research is impeccable. Actually, both of them, because that song stuck into my repertoire when I was actually living in Canberra. I've lived uh, in a lot of different places and uh, I did spend a couple of years in our um, national capital, which is Canberra, in the shadow of Black Mountain. So it seemed like a fun time to add that song to my repertoire. But of course, I knew it as a song that was, was sung and recorded by Bessie Smith. And you know, I don't do that many covers, but you know, already you'll notice that the covers that I do tend to choose in Smokestack Lightning with Howling Wolf, in Black Mountain Blues with Bessie Smith, tend to be, um, you know, foundational players, which hopefully I can do my own version and that gives some sort of context for my own original songs. So both, both Black Mountains work. But the other thing is that this song is recorded uh, as I was exploring Another new instrument that I just acquired before that recording session, which is very rare and a very beautiful national Res Electric baritone so that's actually played on a on a baritone guitar and uh, I contacted the National Factory in California and uh, they don't usually make baritones but they had made two as special custom. Uh, builds. So this is recorded on one of only two of these instruments in the world, <laughs> and it's um, it's a beautiful instrument. It's got these gorgeous uh, low tones because it's of course tuned halfway between a regular guitar and a bass. <laughs>
0: In our final segment with Fiona Boys, and once again, I have to say I am thrilled to have her on the Blue Zeppelin. We met for the first time at the Edmonton Blues Festival uh, in Canada in August. And you literally popped over for, I don't know, 48 hours or something like that, (laughs) did your thing, and then went right back to Australia but the great thing is, on Sunday morning after the festival ended, when you were getting ready to leave, the morning the Sunday morning paper, the Edmonton Journal showed up at the hotel, and there it was. You were on the front page of the Edmonton Journal. I was
2: thrilled to bits, I must say. it was just lovely, and i we had such a wonderful visit. it was it was a short visit. It was crazy because you know Australians tend to be good travellers because we have to be just to get out of there you know it's a, we're a long way from everywhere so yeah there was there was a lot of travel but it was definitely worth it and i think Edmonton is uh it's such a lovely festival it's so well curated it's it's a boutique festival i guess in many ways because it's not huge but it's just so well organised and and the acts are so well curated. It's, it's a great festival.
0: Well, I think we have to mention uh, Cam Hayden, who's put that festival together for many, many years. And I think it's one of the premier festivals in North America.
2: I would have to agree. Cam does a really wonderful job and you know that, and I'm, I'm, Really uh, thrilled also to to be invited back because you know I know that he he always thinks very carefully about his program and um, he always changes his acts up so um, I've I've been lucky enough to play three three times I think at Edmonton over the years in different kind of iterations so. I feel really, really honored to have the opportunity to, to go and play at Edmonton, definitely.
0: You have a website, FionaBoys.com, and that's boys, B-O-Y-E-S.com, FionaBoys.com. And on there, they list your tour dates. And you're very busy in October and early November all over Victoria, and then you're headed on the twelfth of November to Auckland, New Zealand, to play at the Auckland Blues Festival. What's that like? Well, I'm I'm going to I'm going to be really looking forward to
2: finding out because although I have played in New Zealand, uh, it's been uh, many many years since I've had an opportunity to visit, and my previous tours have been uh, s- small solo tours in the South Island, so this will be my first uh, trip to the Auckland Blues Festival, which is great and. Um, and I'm taking my band, which is a Hammond trio, uh, with me. So that's also a first to take the whole group. And uh, so I'm really looking forward to that. And uh, before that, I get a chance to play a couple of um, major festivals back in my home state in Victoria. So it's, yeah, it's, I'm really looking forward to being able to get out there.
0: Yeah, that's wonderful. We're going to go out of this interview with a song from an album you released in 2016 called Professing the Blues. And this was recorded at a very special uh, recording studio in California uh, called Reference Recordings. I know that Doug McLeod uh, has recorded there. It is one of the premier recording studios, I think, in the world. <laughs>
2: It was an incredible experience to to record. And the thing with reference recordings, and I might also mention that for for Europe and for worldwide distribution, my recent albums are available through reference recordings. My Blue Empress label um, distributes here in Australia, but reference recordings uh, distributes my albums elsewhere. But the reference recording uh, of professing the blues is one of their special audiophile recordings. So this, it was actually recorded at Skywalker Sound, which is uh, at Skywalker Ranch, the famous ranch in um, in Marin County, California, uh, which uh, you know, Lucasfilm, all this, this, the the um, the soundtrack stuff for. Uh, Star Wars and everything was done in this space. So the studio, it, it's this huge, beautiful sound battles, three stories high inside, a, a space where you can fit a whole symphony orchestra. And then in that big space is me in the middle with an acoustic guitar <laughs> and, a, and a couple of other musicians. And it was recorded by Legendary. A sound engineer, uh, Keith O. Johnson, Professor Keith O. Johnson, and Professor Keith makes a lot of his own equipment. He's and he had everything is passive. There's no active electronics. There's no uh, monitors. There's no headphones. There's um, it, there's no compression. No. Uh, there's nothing. Everything is him capturing the sound in this incredible space. Um, so there's, there's no um, effects added. And, and the result is this incredible, natural captured audiophile recording. And uh, it was quite a trip to record because Professor Keith is, is a wonderful, eccentric genius. And, um, and it was recorded in two days. Well, essentially the music was done in one day And one day was just Professor Keith setting up all his funky equipment. (laughs) And the second day, we just went in and played. We we didn't even go into the control room to hear the takes. We just pretty much played live and he captured the sound. The resulting record, Professing the Blues, um, was really well received, not only in the blues scene, but also in the audiophile scene. So that was... um, uh, yeah, complete trip.
0: Yeah. The song we're going to hear to go out of the interview is called Old and Stiff, and I don't think this one needs an explanation.
2: <laughs> no. Well, I must say that as a as a songwriter, I think there is, you know, the wonderful tradition of the early blues, of the, the classic blues from the 1920s and 30s, where a lot of, of the stars were women and often doing this, you know, marvelous, sassy, double entendre sort of stuff. so i I love the the fun and the joy in that as a songwriter. so this this came out of a comment that my husband made one morning that he was just feeling old and stiff, and I went, that light is great. <laughs> Here comes the song.
0: yeah, Fiona, I want to thank you so much for. Uh for flying with me today on the Blue Zeppelin, and I hope that you're coming to Europe sometime soon too. Well, look, I hope
2: so. Yes, if you if you know anyone that's looking uh, to have me, shoot me a message from through my email or my um, my website. Uh, I have got a bit of a, of a nibble to chase up for next year, but yes, I. It's been a few years since I've had a chance to tour in Europe and I would love to be back because it's just, uh, I've had the most marvellous experiences.
0: And when touring. you come to Europe, you are, we have the door wide open for you to be live here on the Blue Zeppelin.
2: Oh, thank you so much, Mark. I do appreciate it. Where
1: well, you look at that young man, he ain't much of much, shaking his face. And old Mrs. Such-and-such such. Well, now, Grandpa might be creaky But here's my tip Ain't nothing wrong with a man Who is old and stiff He says, age and deceit Will be the youth every time For a man to get a hit Sometime it takes take a little time He may be slow again getting around But the mule still got a kick And what's more whims he knows how to use his stick Old and stiff Oh, buddy, I said, old and stiff, ain't nothing wrong with a man who is old and stiff. Well, his aches and pains will disappear. It won't cost you a dime. He may want a little rubbing, but honey, it's probably worth your time. Mm-hmm. Here's my tip. Ain't nothing wrong with a man who is old and stiff. man who is old the man who is old.
3: Life just barrels on. I'm spent. Well, you know there was a day before my youth did pass away. I'd wake up feeling fine, but now the days are gone. I just keep on keeping on, taking it all in stride. If that's the way you do, I wake up feeling fine But now those days are gone And I just keep on keeping on Taking it all in stride Carries on. I'm broke.
4: I'm beat. I'm spent.
0: I'm still. Literally just seconds. To land the zeppelin i want to give a big big hug and thank you to fiona boys for this wonderful extended interview i hope you got a sense of the great talent that she is and i hope to see her in europe i hope to see you in a couple of weeks we'll be back here on the blue zeppelin and don't forget free julian assange